Good morning and welcome back to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, November 30th, 2023. Where did November go? My name is Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation and this is a show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. And just a quick uh, show note here, um, you may have missed it at the end of yesterday's, uh, or I should say Tuesday's show, but the, there was no show yesterday on Wednesday. In fact, for the rest of December, we're going to be doing a Tuesday-Thursday cadence as we expect the amount of news to drop and we just have lots of end of year stuff to do here at Insights and Automation. So please, uh, we, will, we, we are going to try to do a show every Tuesday and Thursday for the rest of December and then the week after Christmas, I'm gone for a week. So I just wanted to get that all out there. I forgot to mention this at the, on the live stream. I did add it to the replay, but uh, so I want to make sure I get that out first thing this morning. So with that said, let me just look over at the studio board, make sure we got audio, we got video. I got some wires hanging here. I got to do some filming and taking pictures over the next couple of days to get the hardware section on the compact costs completed so I can move on to the control logics and all the other PLCs I'm filming, courses I'm filming. But everything looks okay. I can see some things out of place, but we'll just, uh, we'll just keep going from here. So with that, um, I want to start the show by uh, first letting you know that live chat's up. But second, if you're new to the show, every single link I cover in all 145 plus shows we've done this year, we're coming up on 150. I think this might be 149. Um, they're all at automate.news. There's no www. There's no .com. Automate.news. And if you're wondering why we started a little late today, right before I went to go live, a, 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 a trash truck pulled up and was making all kinds of noise. So I wanted to save you from hearing that. Um, but in any case... Um, with that, I also want to thank our sponsor. Let me select the right page here. And that is theautomationschool.com. And uh, these, I'm going to be doing a lot of changes to this for the uh, in January. We're going to um, um, allow, be allow people to buy uh, the Ultimate courses. Right now, they're in early access. You get them as a free upgrade when you buy one of our extended courses. So we're going to be changing that all around for January. So... Um, I would just point out that kind of last chance to get in on some of these uh, great prices for 2023, these sale prices. So uh, with that, we thank the Automation School for sponsoring this episode. And we go over to our first announcement. And this, I actually saw this on LinkedIn. So um, I didn't see an official press release on the Siemens website, but one of the uh, people higher up in the, uh, Siemens was promoting this. So I wanted to share it with everybody that you now can get TIA Portal V19, right? This is the sales and delivery release. And you can see all the links here. So I am excited about learning more about V19. Um, V18 was a big release. So was V17. So I'm also excited learning about other vendors who release new versions of their software. So um, we're just fans of technology here. And we like when, when these major vendors and even the minor vendors release new, new products. We just want to know all about what they added to them. So in any case... Uh, Long story short, TIA Portal V19 is out. From there, we go over to a press release from the Danish manufacturer of collaborative robots. Universal Robots is releasing, launching a new 30 kilogram collaborative robot. And this is aptly called the UR30. And so congratulations to Universal Robots and the folks uh, out, in, uh, out in Europe. So from there, we go over to um, an announcement from Automation Direct. They just released their Productivity Suite version 4.1. And uh, what's new with that? Well, 
Um, there's a lot of new features for their Productivity 2000 P2622 CPU. Um, you can now use the remote I.O. port as a second Ethernet port. Um, it also supports um, MQTTS, and the S stands for SLL, if I'm reading this correctly. So secure, um, uh, I forget what it stands for. <laughs> you guys know, it's early in the morning, so let's keep going. Um, MQTTS protocol, allowing for more secure collections. They also added a new MMSEQ motion control instruction and additional items. So if you're wondering how much this uh, P2622, this new PLC cost, it is $299. And with that, we also had an announcement about a new open PLC they just released. This is the P1AM-200 CPU. And along with that, they uh, released some TTL modules for the Productivity 1000 line. So you can see the products right there. And uh, what is an open PLC? Well, their CPU can program either in C++ or in what they call Circuit Python, which is a Python derivative, but is interpreted and not compiled. So that uh, makes it easier to edit it, right? You don't have to recompile every time. So in any case, I wanted to share that with you guys as well. What else do we have here? Oh, Oriental Motor has announced um, they have some new AC blowers that they have just launched, their uh, MB Series S-Type. So if you're looking for a blower, you can see all the specs. If you're watching, you can see all the specs here. Um, they come in frame sizes 3.94 inch, 100 millimeter, and 4.72 inch, 120 millimeter. And it looks like they're single phase 120 and 240 and three phase 240 or 220, 230. From there, we go over to Wago. Now, I didn't see a press release on this, but I thought it was interesting enough that I wanted to share it with you. And what I'll actually do is link to the product page here. Um, but you can see what showed up here new was their new CC100 with can open. This is in a new controller, the 750-9401 in their Compact 100 family. And uh, this unit has the same configuration as the 9301, but it comes with a dual core processor and a can open communication port. So congratulations to Wago on their new release. From there, I just really, at first I didn't know what to make of this, this uh, product, but then as I was reading, I really came to like it. So this is a new product from Banner. It's the WLF12 Pro flexible strip light for industrial applications, right? And, you know, at first I'm looking at this and I'm like, ah, is this just a gimmick? But then as you go down here, right, and you see some of the use cases. For instance, here we're seeing it on a uh, AMR and they put these strip lights on the corners and they're doing flashing lights and they're doing different patterns. And I'm like, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then down here they have it on a palletizer or what looks to me like a palletizer. You can see a smaller pallet and a bigger pallet. And they're using it to do all kinds of notifications and uh, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of options for this. But I, what I thought was really cool is that you can cut them to length. Now, I would expect this from a commercial grade, right? But not from an industrial grade. So very interesting that they can make this industrial rated, but also make it cuttable. So you can buy it anywhere from 300 millimeters to 2,000 millimeters. And then you can cut it every 50 millimeters. So if you need to trim it down, maybe 2,000 millimeters was too long. You needed, I don't know, 1,900 millimeters you could cut it down. And so very, very interesting. Of course, what you cut off is no longer usable, right? But uh, in any case, um, it does come by default with peel and stick type of application, 
But if you have an application where that wouldn't work, they do have translucent mounting for it as well. And uh, it supports digital inputs um, via this, uh, this connector here. Let me scroll back up via this device here, as well as IO Link. So if you're using digital, there's a free software you can program it with. Of course, if you use an IO Link, you can do a lot of that through IO Link. But very interesting new product from Banner. Uh, from there, we go over to our featured product today. If we uh, look at the desk here, you can see I got all this stuff out. I got wires. I, I got a camera mounted up, a light mounted up there. I'm going to be taking pictures. I got to clean them up too. Some of them are a little dirty. Uh, and um, in any case, so once that's done, um, we'll be moving on to the other uh, PLCs that I'll be filming videos on. But I'm actually not featuring that today because I featured that Tuesday. I'm featuring my S7 1200 and 1500 costs. And I just want to throw out there, if you want to learn the 1500, but you can't afford to buy a 1500 system for a home, I mean, they start around $1,800, even the starter packs, right? You can always learn on a 1200 because they're, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, with Rockwell, it's Compact Logics and Control Logics. With Siemens, the S7 1200 and 1500 program nearly identical. We've taken our 1200 programs and put them into the 1500. Now, some of the hardware features like the HSCs are different. And, the, you know, the 1200 doesn't support everything. It doesn't support all the languages or data types. It's the 1500. But if you're doing ladder logic or the other two languages it supports, which I believe is function block and structured text, if I remember correctly, um, you can, you can, everything you do there is going to translate. Again, if it's a HSC or somewhere, something hardware specific, it won't. But the 1200 is a great little PLC to learn on. It is amazing what you can do with it. Again, it doesn't have the fancy screen that the 1500 has, but um, we show in this cost that it's just such an affordable, and, and the software that get a lifetime copy is very affordable too. You know, it's the price of what some people charge per year just to lease their software, right? So, and if, I don't know if the starter packs are still available, but we cover all the starter packs in the course as well. From there, we go over to a new article from Softing. They just updated their OPC UA SDK, and they added PubSub, uh, functionality via MQTT, which is very cool. They have that built into the SDK and built into OPC. And so what this supports is MQTT, let's see if I can make this bigger, MQTT version 3.x and the new version 5.0, which uh, here they're saying data security is guaranteed by encrypting the data using SSL, secure socket layer. There it is. I knew I saw that today. So um, in any case, congratulations to Softing on this latest release. We did have Softing on the show to talk about their OPC server. It's really cool and it's unique because it gives you a 72-hour trial period where most of them give you two hours, right? That's usually not enough to finish a lesson or test the system out, you know, if you need to leave something running overnight. So you can check that out on the Automation Podcast. Um, I thought it was a great episode or the Automation Demo. Just go up to uh, theautomationblog.com and click on videos and you'll see it there. From there, we go over to Maple Systems, and uh, today they're featuring their IPC2411A. This is a small industrial computer with PoE+. So very interesting uh, here. You know, if you had a, some cameras, you had the power from the industrial PC, then uh, you can plug them right in. You can see they also have some built-in I.O., like we're seeing is kind of the trend with uh, some of these in small industrial computers. Comes with two Ethernet ports, seven USB ports, serial port, audio out, uh, one HDMI, and one display port 4K. So it's good to have all those options. From there, we go over the Grace. They're announcing a new milestone they just hit. They've 
manufactured their ten thousandths, ten thousandths uh, check vote. Okay, so that's ten thousand check votes they've made, and uh, it's a pretty big milestone. So congratulations to the folks over at Grace Technologies on that accomplishment. From there, we go over to Opto Twenty Two and their blog, and they have an article here about how you can use their brand new SVG and GIF or GIF libraries. Um, I know some people say GIF, but that's that's to me that's peanut butter, so I say GIF. Uh, in any case, um, this is for Groove View, the Groove View HMI. We've talked about this many times, but if you wanted to get like the latest and greatest images, uh, this article will walk you through how to get them, and there's a lot of updates there. So if you're doing any Groove View, why not use the latest images, the best and the greatest, right? From there, we go over to a very interesting article from PTC about data silos. And it actually goes into how that's different from information silos. And uh, I thought it was an interesting uh, take on the topic. Of course, um, they do uh, talk about their solutions towards the end, but um, I enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed going through it and reading it. And um, in any case, a very, very interesting article. So if you're interested in data silos and uh, what they are and how to differ from uh, information silos, check that article out. We also have a couple other articles I wanted to share with you. One is AMRs versus AGVs by Locust Robotics. Which one's right for your warehouse? They try to answer that in this article. And the Society for Manufacturing Engineers, SME, has an article about robots or cobots, which is right for you. I think we most of us know the answer. If you've been watching the show, we know what cobots are and how they differ from uh, standard robots, but if you don't, or if you want to read up more about this, you have this article here to check out. And from there, there was also an interesting article over on Premium, the Industrial Computer Manufacturer's website. And this one takes a look at processing power versus power consumption for x86 embedded computing. And so x86, if you're not familiar with that, that would be like your Intel chips and your AMD chips. And they actually have a section in here about Intel versus AMD. But uh, if you're trying to do a low power system, you may be very interested in this because they talk about that subject. A lot of times if we're doing a, um, a standard system that's going to be in plant, plugged into plant power, that's not so much a concern. However, if you're uh, doing something that's going to be fed from solar panels and batteries, then power consumption is a huge concern. From there, we go over to our guide, featured guide today, and we're going to feature the uh, S7-1200 guide. Over 45 different articles and videos in this guide about the S7-1200 and like all the content at theautomationblog.com, completely free. And I also just want to take a moment to thank you because we are on pace to have our best year ever, both in page views and in uh, unique visitors for this year. So uh, please don't stop. I know you got to do your holiday shopping and there's all these holiday things you got to do, right? But please don't stop going over to automationblog.com and checking out our articles and videos. We have over 1,700. We are on, I was doing the numbers last night, and we are on on pace to to uh, to hit an all-time record. And so we, uh, those are just nice to have. You know, it makes it feel like all the work you've put in over the last 10 years is, has been worth it. So uh, thank you all. And of course, it also helps us get vendors to sponsor us so we can do even more exciting things in the future. So uh, that's our featured guide. Then over at DigiKey, there was an article about how to use a single field bus cable for multiple simultaneous Ethernet protocols. So when I read this title, I'm like, okay, the physical Ethernet cable can carry as many different protocols as you want, right? We all at home do over Ethernet or Wi-Fi Ethernet. 
we do, you know, we browse the web, we, uh, we uh, stream music, we watch movies, we send email. Those are all different protocols, right? And so um, I'm like, that's kind of silly, right? So a lot of people, they don't realize they can do Ethan IP, Profinet, and Modbus TCP on the same wire. But once you start thinking about it, it's not serial, right? It's not one or the other, right? Even on serial, you can kind of mix protocols. The, you know, most devices will just ignore packets that, that they don't understand, but uh, it's not designed to do that. With Ethernet, I mean, that's exactly what it's designed to do, right? You want to be able to browse the web and do email and listen to music all at the same time, right? And maybe copy a file and do all the stuff we do. Um, but in any case, what this article ended up turning out to be was an article really about uh, Siemens new, uh, I shouldn't say new, it's not new anymore. Their ET200 SP multi-field bus adapter. And you can see on the wall, you really can't see behind me here. Whoops, there's the ET200 SP. And um, that line of distributed I.O., it's like slice I.O., um, you know, it's, it's very comprehensive. But one of the cool things is, and I don't know anybody else doing this, but I know vendors are, are uh, a lot of vendors are, are trying to do this, is that not only do they have uh, multiple field buses in one device, we, there's a lot of vendors that do that. I covered that in my, uh, my uh, presentation at the Siemens uh, uh, Control Panel Symposium. I covered that. But... Um, what we're seeing here is that they can do all three, Profinet, Ethan IP, and Modbus TCP, they can all do all three simultaneously. So you could have a Siemens PLC, a uh, Schneider PLC, and a Rockwell PLC all talking to this, uh, this uh, rack of I.O. at the same time. Now, we all know the ownership issue is only one thing can control the I.O. at a time because, you know, you don't, you know what would happen if three PLCs said sent the different uh, values to an analog output. That wouldn't make any sense, right? Only one person can own that output. But I thought it was an interesting article, an interesting way to uh, feature that product. And uh, I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we go over to events and we have a new event from Horner Automation coming up. This is on Tuesday, December 5th. And it's about using loops in ladder logic, something we typically avoid, right? In most PLCs. This is uh, Tuesday, December 5th at 2 p.m. And uh, I think that's Eastern time, yes. And uh, I should throw out there that uh, I had a great sit down with them yesterday. We recorded an episode of the Automation Podcast. We don't have a release date yet. It's not a sponsored episode, so it goes into the queue. But uh, really enjoyed sitting down with Horner Automation and uh, just talking about their system. I learned so much. I really think I understand their product line now, the PLC HMIs. And um, I think you guys will enjoy it too. And uh, they did a great job. So uh, we're looking forward to that in the new year. And uh, if you want to learn about using loops and ladder logic, um, they use, you know, standard 611.31-3 type of programming languages. They also have their own ladder language, which looks more like your typical American ladder logic. So what they talk about will probably be applicable to all PLCs. But in any case, I wanted to share that with you. And then we had uh, three customer stories today. Uh, the first one is from Rockwell Automation. And it's about cranes and hoists. And I thought this was very interesting. In this particular application, they use compact logics and they use a PowerFlex 755TR with TalkProve. I've never heard that before, TalkProve. So we've had um, um, Rockwell on to talk about their force uh, features and some of their new 755 drives, but um, I thought that was interesting. And this was designed to ensure that there's, uh, you know, no sway when the crane is moving and, you know, other things they have to worry about. 
uh, with, you know, moving uh, high loads. And, and this whole case was about, you know, automating it. So it's not like a guy on a pushing buttons, you know, jogging it. Oh, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. They wanted very accurate placement. So when they say go from point A to point B, the crane would just do it and do it accurately and not in, induce a lot of sway into whatever the crane was carrying. So I thought it was an interesting uh, uh, application story. There's another one here from Mitsubishi, which was also very interesting. And this one was about uh, automating a bottle filling uh, machine with Mitsubishi products. And uh, I enjoyed reading through this one as well. And finally, the third one was from Red Lion. And this was one, they had a, uh, a wastewater uh, treatment facility that had several remote pump stations. And they had, I believe, if I remember correctly, old Slick 500s on it. And um, they, were, they were not connected to the main plant. So they weren't getting the information they needed to make all the decisions they wanted to make. So what they did was they went to Red Lion and Red Lion uh, provided them with um, secure 4G communications to all these remote uh, stations back to the main plant. And I thought it was interesting. A lot of these products I'm not familiar with. Um, of course, we've had Red Lion on to talk about the, you know, the RA10C, the firewall. We've had them on to talk about the Entron switches. But uh, the products in this article were new to me and uh, very interesting. They also used one of their, uh, their popular HMIs in the system as well. And uh, so if you're interested in that, check that out. From there, on the uh, digital newsstand, Automation Direct released their November, um, their November newsletter. And I'll just point out some of the highlights in it. Um, they have an article about 4 to 20 milliamp analog transmitter troubleshooting. They have an article about selecting discrete sensors, like they're picturing, uh, looks like an inductive prox. Uh, they also had uh, some uh, product features here. They have one on Endress Hauser's Pulsed Radar Level Sensor. We were just talking about radar and applications recently. And um, the Solo Modular Temp Controller. So a lot of interesting stuff in here. They also have an application story, and they're also... Um, doing a, a, a vendor highlight here, one of their uh, vendors that they sell products for as well. So if you're interested, check that out. With that, we go over the videos. And if you didn't know, yesterday afternoon, we released our uh, sit down with Moxa as they launched their new line of industrial PCs. Now, they've been doing IPCs for over 30 years, I think 35 years, and they have millions installed out in the world. But this is a major launch for them. And this new series, you can see there's some, some uh, 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 conformity across the three lines. So they have a DIN rail mount line, a box line, and a rack mount line. And they were all designed to be very configurable, but also to give you lots of ports. So if you need lots of Ethernet ports, if you need lots of uh, serial ports or USB ports, that's how they were designed. They have this beautiful configurator too on their website, so you can pick exactly what you want. And we also have links in here. Uh, we thank uh, Moxa for making that episode ad-free, so there's no ads in this uh, episode uh, because they, they underwrote our cost to produce it. So you can see links to the different uh, products in the portal right there. Very interesting to learn, you know, there's so many companies that make industrial PCs, there's so many companies that make PLCs. I just find it so interesting to learn what everybody's doing, and I hope you do too. So that is episode 181 of the Automation Podcast. With that, we had a new, another new video I wanted to share with you. This was how to install a Rosemont XWell product using their universal pipe mount. Now, I know a lot of you don't have piping that you have to worry about, right? Everything's electrical, there's not a lot of piping. But for those who do, I thought this video was extremely well done. And um, because I have no large pipes in here at the automation school, I don't have uh, any way to play with these kind of things. So I really think they did a good job uh, 
on this video and going through the installation. You may find it interesting as well. And with that, we do have new firmware. Now, I'm only going to link to one. This is a new firmware update for the CPU 1515, the S7 1500, the 1515-2PN. But there was like a, a more than a, it seemed like more than a dozen different firmware updates for all the different models. This particular firmware is version 3.1.0, and I suspect that this is coming out to uh, support some of the new features in V19, although I don't know that for sure. I did want to make you aware that if you're using the SM1500, there's a bunch of new firmware out there. And uh, with that, we had a couple of pieces of literature. This one I thought was very interesting. This is from Rockwell, and it's entitled Results Achieved, Accelerate Growth Through Digital Transformation. And uh, as I was reading this, and I didn't get to finish the whole thing this morning before the show, but as I was reading this, I really liked the first few pages, especially this section here where it talks about adopt a just stop mentality. I love that, right? So just do it. Just get going, start, right? And so they, they in, in, in surveys that have been done of manufacturers, they're finding a lot of them don't feel like they have the capabilities or the funding or the time to start this, and that's going to leave them at a competitive disadvantage. And so what they're saying here is, look, just start. You don't have to have the entire budget for the entire project. There's pieces of it you can do now with your current funding, your current technology, your current staff. So, you know, one step in front of the other. I love that mentality. And if you like this topic, I think you'll enjoy this document. From there, we also had a new CS800 pressure regular uh, pressure reducing regulator uh, installation manual from Emerson. And we'll wrap up the show here today. Apologize for running a little late. It's 804. Um, I found this article from IEEE Spectrum and it's like entitled, why are we still doing what Simon says, right? And so you, you probably all are familiar with the Simon Says game um, and Simon the electronic game from Milton Bradley. And um, I thought this was a really cool article. It's actually about not about sticking it to the man. It's about um, the history of Simon Says or the history of the Simon's electronic game. Um, and uh, there's actually a video in it I thought was cool. They released a Doc Vader, a Doth Vader version <laughs> that, uh, that makes you want to play some of the songs from Star Wars. So I thought that was, that was uh, pretty cool too. And they have uh, Ralph Baer. Um, he uh, developed the first, I guess you would say the first commercial video game, the Odyssey. You know, we don't, you don't, I don't know a lot of people who had that, you know, the Atari 2600 and television or Atari VCS and television and, and uh, some of those others were, were more popular. But uh, in any case, I really enjoyed uh, reading this article and I wanted to share with you in our other science and technology section. So with that, um, I do want to thank our sponsor, the Automation School, for sponsoring this episode. Let us bring you any news today. And also want to remind you that you can either send us your thoughts and opinions using the talkback link, or you can use the news tip link to uh, let us know what we've missed, if we've missed something. Uh, from there, I want to thank everybody who's following us over at automation.locals.com. That's our community. It's a replacement for the automation forums, which I closed down because we we're just getting so much spam. But uh, in any case, this site is great. You can actually become part of, the, part of the community for one cup of coffee a month. I want to thank everybody who's doing that. I really appreciate all you guys. Um, and gals. And uh, we did have some new questions coming in. So we have some back and forth. I, I think I owe a response to the last response. So I'll get to that today. And, uh, you know, if you want to join in the conversation, you know, I, I kind of call it the ask me anything. If you have any questions about what I know about something, like if it's uh, an Allen Bradley or Siemens type of PLC or HMI, and if I can help you, I will. And um, 
So that's automation.locals.com. I also want to thank everybody who picked up uh, any of our swag. I see the orders going through, and I just want to thank you all so much. Every penny of profit goes right back into our show and site. And so we have coffee cups, we have funny T-shirts, we have uh, eBooks and video collections, and um, just thanks again to everybody who supports us there. And with that, just a, a final reminder that every single link we've published in all 148, 149 shows, you will find at automate.news. And today's, today's links will be up probably late morning. So uh, if you're interested in those um, and you want to read those stories yourselves, you'll find every single link up there at automate.news. And with that, I do want to remind you that we will not have a show tomorrow. We will be actually be back on Tuesday. These are our new holiday hours, the amount of news being published by the vendors. We're seeing that go down. Plus, we just have so many end-of-year tasks, especially with having the week after Christmas off. Um, the family wants to go on vacation, so you got to say yes, right? Sometimes you're just going to say yes. Sometimes you can say no, but sometimes you're going to say yes. So in any case, we will see you back here Tuesday. And uh, I just want to wish you all an awesome weekend. Remember to stay courageous and stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace and happy holidays too.